Hello everyone, this is Azrin here, joined again with Colton and Catherine. How are you guys doing? Oh, good. Oh, Yeah. good. So Colton, Lays it. tell us about, oh sorry Catherine, I cut you off. <laughs> I No, no worries, no worries. was going to say Colton, um, tell us about the inner workings of the universe. <laughs> yeah, for context, we were just talking before we started the recording that Colton's on his break from college, and he's saying how he sleeps at three, four, five, six, seven, eight in the morning. Like in the morning is when I'll go to sleep. I asked him, "What are you doing late at night?" And uh, we've talked previously that Colton likes to ponder. Well, the inner, basically, the inner workings of the universe is what it off. It, to me, that's what it sounds like. You start to wonder how and why everything works the way it was and how it's all connected. So, what have you been thinking about recently? I was just thinking about this last night before I fell asleep. And what I think about, which kind of blows my mind, is um, how do I put it into words? I'm not really sure. For instance, when I think about it, it's not really like words. in my head that I'm thinking about. It's more so like I'm kind of seeing it. So that's why it's a little bit difficult for me to um, put into words. But I think a lot about um, chemistry and physics and just like the science of the natural world. And I'm kind of awestruck about how we are in a sense formed from that. You know, we're made of atoms and we're made of molecules and... um. whatnot and something that i was thinking about last night is um kind of the scientific explanation of where we come from for instance the um molecules that is or the i'm um, sorry not the molecules the atoms that are required for life you know um oxygen carbon carbon mainly um elements like carbon can only be formed um, in the sun or not in the sun sorry in stars um, through the process of I don't remember the process by name but essentially there's so much energy that the atom where the elements can be formed by the um, protons coming together and by different electrons joining into that because without that process the elements would be pretty boring it'd just be like hydrogen and helium and stuff like that but because the stars are so massive and so energetic they create the elements that we are made out of that's where like pretty much everything comes from and on top of that i thought about how we all of our energies kind of from the sun um you know with the things that we eat like anything that you eat If you track it back enough, it eventually comes from the um, sun, you know, whether you're eating vegetables, well, they photosynthesize that energy using the sun or from animals, well, they got that energy from eating the plants that got the energy from the sun. And so you could kind of, with anything that you eat, eventually uh, you can track it back to the sun. And I just find that. so interesting that we're kind of 
in a sense, creatures of the stars. We were made up of processes that of the stars. And yeah. And I didn't put it into words that well, uh, because I did just wake up. And uh, <laughs> like I said, it's kind of hard for me to put it into words because I don't think of it in terms of words. I often just um, have a sense of it, if that makes sense. I just do you feel. do you see it? Do you see it or do you feel it? Or both? I kind of, I kind of just see it in a sense, mm -hmm. like. Like when I'm thinking, oh, it's so crazy that we're like made of stars. I'm more so like imagining the yeah. stars. That makes yeah. yeah. That makes perfect sense. How about you? Do you do you like visualize things when you think? Yeah, so I do something very yeah. similar to Colton, but it's a different. It's a slightly different process. So, um, probably once or at least once a week, maybe more often, but pretty often, um, I will basically tell my subconscious mind that it has control, and then. Hmm. I will see what movie gets played out in my brain, and I'll usually I'm a, I'm, I'm a participator, participant, participant in that dream. In that dream, it's kind of like a waking dream, and then I usually have to and analyze it after to figure out what it means. Or sometimes while it's happening, I'll figure out what the relevance is. Sometimes I never really do. It's kind of like I don't really know where that came from, but then later I'll realize, oh, that kind of makes sense now. So just last night, for example, um, forget what the what prompt I gave myself, but I gave myself a prompt to, to start this wakeful dream. And uh, I was in this dark, imagine like a kind of like the great hall or the entryway of a palace. And there's like a throne where a king would sit, but instead of a king, it's a guardian and it's really big. It's probably about what, 20 feet tall, 25 feet high and big and made of something like a rock like like a rock metal like if metal and rock were put into one he was made of that he had a big mask on you couldn't see his face red eyes big shield sword all covered in this rock metal thing deep gravelly voice i couldn't figure out if he's good or evil i don't think he's really either and the place around me too like the surrounding kind of palace thing was uh yeah it, it had kind of a neutral vibe like it's definitely dangerous but i don't think it's necessarily bad or good and uh, behind this guy, he said, I'm the guardian, he told me. And I was like, well, what are you guarding? And he said, well, there's a door behind him. And I said, I remember telling him, it's kind of a strange layout for a room. Like, why would there be a big throne and a guardian? And then there's like a door behind you. Is that like how this place was built? He's like, yes. I was like, all right, kind of weird, but cool. Fair enough. And I was like, I was thinking, like, do I want to go past the guardian? Why don't I just like leave? But like, I was like, I don't really care. So I start to leave. And then he's like, you shouldn't leave. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm leaving. He's like, you're going to regret that decision. And as soon as he said that, like, uh, basically like two entities formed out of myself. So there's me and my body was kind of like two soul like entities kind of come out of me. And there's one that's like a clown or like a jester, a court jester. It's kind of like, ha, 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 we're going to leave anyways for this guy. Like, let's just mess around and stuff. It's not real anyway. It's all in your head. Who the hell cares? And the other one was like, uh, something was like, no, 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 you should go and like, you know, you should listen to what he has to say and see why. And I was like, yeah, but it could be a trick. And then there's a third one who came and he was like this very, uh, what would you call like um, monk type character out of me. And then the guardian's like, yeah, the monk can come in. 
And I was like, well, why? So I had a conversation with the monk. I was like, so monk, tell me about you. And the monk was like, yeah, I'm a, a monk. I mean, it doesn't really matter if we leave or go through the past the guardian. Who the hell cares? Like, I'm a, being alone is enough. Like, you're just being. That's enough. It doesn't matter what you do with it. Just being alone is enough. And then another entity came out. And he's like, what, kind of like a warrior entity. And he's like, well, no, no, no. Like, being alone can't just be enough because there's a lot of problems. And like, how do you, how's being alone enough? You have to solve the problems. You just sit in your room and do nothing and just be who's out, sol who's out solving the problems in the world. And who's, what about entropy? Entropy is a thing that exists. If we do nothing, then entropy takes over. And then the monk told the warrior dude, he was all, I'm like watching this monk's like, yeah, but yeah, you're right sometimes. And I'm right sometimes. And I was like, well, how do I know which one's, which one's right? And the guardian is kind of like watching this whole thing play out. And then, uh, then I fell asleep. <laughs> That's, super That's the last thing I remember. And I think there's more that happened. I can't remember. So I do it before I sleep. And then sometimes I fall asleep while it's all happening. And then I'll like the next night I'll resume. Sometimes I'll resume where I left off. Cause I'm really curious. Like, so I don't really make it up. I don't like actively, you know, tell it where to go, but it'll, you know, it's go, quite interesting because like the imagery that you're describing i'm not well hopefully whoever is just listening now maybe can relate the imagery is quite archetypical and for example most of the well you know i do witchcraft and stuff so <laughs> they <laughs> coincide with for example many archetypes that different tarot cards represent like for example there is a jester there is a may like a sort of a sage, I don't know, or the wise man. There is, um, there are multiple knights and stuff like that. So, and in Jungian psychology, for example, there are similar archetypes as well that are described. So it's kind of, I think it's omni-human representation of different parts of a human psyche. But because the person who came up with Starrett one day, he just threw a similar imagery from their head, but somehow people started to relate to that because they also saw these images and they're like, oh, well, th those people they exist and that became like a common human culture well common mm. human western if anything because obviously tarot is a western thing but it's kind of interesting how what you have described i have heard well not the precisely that but i have heard people describing their shamanic journeys and it's quite similar to what you describe it's in some sense it's similar to what you are describing so it's it's really interesting how maybe that's a way for for us to compartmentalize the parts of our psyche somehow, like the imagery, because it came from some sort of maybe you saw this image somewhere, maybe you like you write about it, maybe along your experience you some somehow like discovered it, and now it lives in you, <laughs> so to speak. I I don't know. I find those things fascinating, to be honest. Like, I myself don't necessarily, like, think visually. I am much more about voices and, like, I, I hear people talk. Or, like, I, I hear, in order for me to visualize things, for example, I mostly focus on, like, auditory side of it. But, yeah, it's definitely, well, I've done sort of kind of shamanic journeys. There were not induced by any sort of um, substances or stuff. <laughs> It was more so about, like, for example, repetitive sound can okay. can do that. 
like for example um if you listen to it's similar to like emdr therapy so you listen to like repetitive sounds or you see repetitive mo motions or you like experience like repetitive vibrations or touches or something like that like tapping even and you can get into this sort of state and it's really interesting because you will see those things it's as well as you're saying it's like as real as anything uh -huh. you just see <laughs> and you experience it and you like not come up with that you just like experience it more so hmm. that's quite cool Thanks. I think one day you should do our tarot card readings. I think that'd be quite interesting. Oh. So all of the I readings, could do that. All of the I'm... I'd say right now, but I don't want to put you on the spot. But of course, for... <laughs> I'm still I'm still in training. Like, wait for I need to finish the. It's so funny. I'm doing the Hogwarts. Okay, mm. it's, it's gonna sound ridiculous. All right, I'm coming out of the closet as a crazy person officially. But um, what I'm doing at the moment is I'm doing fifths. I think fifth out of six, yeah, fifth out of six courses mm -hmm. that a friend of mine who is a professional witch came up with. And they mm -hmm. all deal with different sides of magic, so to spell practical magic or whatever you want to call it. And I'm also missing a course on tarot in particular because I'm like self-taught now. And I'm missing a course of, I don't know if I'm going to take it or not, about um, connection to your roots and stuff like that. I'm not sure about this one. But well, at the moment I'm doing... Um, it's called the sense of, uh, I don't even know how to explain that, clairvoyance. Mm -hmm. And we have practice, well, practices, we have like homeworks. It's so funny. I do like which homework one. <laughs> one time I, I've been doing like all these courses and they have been great fun because it's like a hobby of mine that I finally can do without any... Like it's it's not competitive. Nobody's going to really measure whether I do well or not because I mean it's imaginary. It's not. Nobody's mm -hmm. going to put a mark on how well I do as a witch or whatever. But we did do a task in pairs this week actually, and I was very skeptical about it because I was like, okay, well, I'm aware that I'm just playing with my mind and imagining things, but I don't really know if I can just like imagine things and the other person will tell me that is correct because. Obviously, it's in my head, not in theirs. But the task was um, to for this person to think about some sort of like a, an emotionally charged moment in their life. And for me to feel, and it's going to sound completely crazy, but for me to feel when it happened. And I kind of entered it as I thinking like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> of course, that's going to happen. Yeah, of course. So, and we did it over Zoom, obviously, because like, no, nobody lives here in person. And uh, at first, I just tried to kind of like imagine it and nothing worked, obviously. But then I remembered that they taught us like a special sort of meditation when it's a bit related to what we were just speaking. It's, you need to, well, I don't know how to explain, but you sort of need to, in my case, listen carefully what is around me and like turn it off. Like imagine it's not important. Listen carefully to my thoughts. Imagine it's not important either like turn it off imagine listen to my body turn it off and then listen to my emotional state and turn it off and in from whatever is left try and imagine like numbers from one to whatever the age of the person and I did that and I guess I don't know how <laughs> like I have no idea like when she said yeah that's correct I was like what what do you mean <laughs> what do you mean well well obviously 
I don't know if I will ever replicate. I'm not afraid to do that because I kind of think that if I try it again, maybe I'll not have success. And then maybe it's I literally guessed <laughs> like out of all the numbers and stuff. But it was an exciting experience for sure. Because it kind of, it was more, but it was more, yeah. How old is the person? Uh, she is a little bit older than me. She's like 36, I think, somewhere like that. Hmm. And I just was like counting numbers, but then I felt, it's going to sound so crazy. I felt like kind of like a vibration in my body around the number and I just named it. And she said, oh yeah. I was like. Yeah. Another thing about my um train of thought that kind of really I have a point that'll relate back to yours eventually. But um like as you're asking about like pondering the universe, um most of the time it is visual, but on the time that it is um verbal, it's kind of like my brain is imagined like what if somebody just asked you a question about what do you think how would you put it into words and that's how I put into words I imagine like what if I was just in front of somebody and it's so funny because last night um I you know I was of course pondering the universe and then I just randomly thought okay well what if Azrin and Catherine wanted to know and I just imagined like your face for a split second like me on this podcast and then I just got to explain like explaining my thoughts and um yeah so it's kind of funny eh? so i guess i predicted this moment yeah but... you're also a clairvoyant <laughs> we're all witches here essentially i think it's interesting how um energy can work like that and um i mean there's many things that we don't know you know what yeah, i mean nobody yeah. has because that's why magic is my hobby because honestly nobody has proven me otherwise mm -hmm. like nobody can tell for a fact that the fact that i oh for a fact i mean they can tell me yes obviously we guessed but they mm -hmm. can't prove 100 percent that i guessed and not felt and mm -hmm. i can't prove what that i felt and didn't guess like it, mm -hmm. <laughs> it works both ways but yeah it kind of it's it's a great fun but when I when I finish the Hogwarts, I I'm missing. Well, I've done uh, the sense of um, what was it? The sense of um, essentially intentions. Put mm -hmm. it that way. The sense of uh, self self purpose, I guess. The sense of self itself. Funny enough, the sense of the world. This one is the sense of extraordinary, so to speak, or mm -hmm. clairvoyance or whatever. And then the last one is the like the sense of money. So you can like do money energy and this kind of stuff. I didn't it was last year because it's like scholar year all around. And I didn't do it last year because I was like, well, that sounds not possible, but this year I'll do it. I'll just what if I, I become rich accidentally? I don't know. <laughs> Never hurt. I mean, as long as I don't become poor. But <laughs> I don't know. What if what if I just like sense the luxury tickets and this kind of stuff well obviously nobody promises that the course doesn't promise you anything like this by the way it doesn't like it's not per se i don't know how to explain it it's not a fraud because you will get what it advertises for like you will get the opportunity to like play with those things and imagine it and like um be creative with it 
and create your own rituals and create your own practices. So that's what you do. But nobody promises you you will actually be a witch. No, like this. <laughs> I mean, nobody can promise that, obviously. <laughs> so, yeah. Interesting. Another thing that I think about a lot is kind of magic and um, whatnot of all sorts, you know, um, I think of religion, I think of witchcraft and kind of in the world. And a lot of people like to kind of scoff at it and laugh it away. But I think it's funny because um, like one of my scientific thoughts is that we kind of just walk around like magic isn't in the world and what i mean by that is um like earlier i was talking about how i think it's funny that we're all made out of like atoms and whatnot but what's even funnier about that if you um were to study the atoms on their scale um you never find that the atoms are like a physical point in space that can't be touched rather there are pockets of energy that are just constantly moving and sometimes they're not there sometimes they're there sometimes they're in a superposition where they're in two places at once and so all of the electrons protons and neutrons are kind of just energy that's spooky and magical and if you get enough of it together it forms you and yeah i think that is just in itself so kind of crazy when you think about it but and we are also at the very beginning of discovering things like for example modern studies about brain always uh always resemble for me the notions that they used to have about things when i don't know in newton's times or mm -hmm. in in the time like they for our understanding from our understanding they knew nothing essentially because yeah. they were like just random theories and thoughts but for example our modern psychology psychiatry neuroscience i mm -hmm. think is as advanced as i don't know ancient greece was yeah. obviously it is advanced to a certain extent but it's not it doesn't have answers yet there is no answer i feel like in a couple hundred years they're going to look at yeah. the neuroscience like... we had today <laughs> left and right brain no it's it's one brain yeah, it's one part. Oh, it's it, the energy will be discovered and it will be as evident, yeah. of, for example, electricity. And everybody's like, well, well, how do you not know? For example, electricity is, well, for not me, but for scientific people, it's evident how it works. Like, it's not magic. You know mm -hmm. how you plug the thing in and it works. It's not like, mm -hmm. wow. But for the longest time, nobody has discovered this sort of currencies. Mm -hmm. And obviously, if you come back and, I don't know, time machine and show electric devices to people from like before it was invented that would be like witchcraft and crazy stuff and no but maybe in a couple of hundred years i don't know for example the power of intention the power of whatever clairvoyance and stuff like that will be so evident for everyone it's, it's going to be like wi-fi well some of those <laughs> things are interesting so if you look at um let's take let's take clairvoyance as an example um a lot of clairvoyance is pattern recognition Hmm. If you've seen, like, uh, I mean, you, maybe you guys can relate to this. I'll see certain types of language learners, and I just mm -hmm. know it's like, oh, you're fine. You're gonna be fine. Like, you need like two more years, really, or yeah, otherwise, or otherwise. It's like, oh boy, like, and it's just, it's it's just pattern recognition. You've I've seen it so many times. 
Hmm. So many different types. Or even like in, I remember when I was in window cleaning, when I had a window cleaning business, I would, I probably knocked on, I don't know how many thousands and thousands and thousands of doors selling window cleaning. And like, there'd be times where you just, you know, you just know when it's, you, you sort of just know how the sale is hmm. going to go. You get there and you're like, oh, this is going to be easy or this is going to be hard or this person's going to buy or, you know, this person has this or, um, or like, or sometimes, you know, I get this sometimes too. And it's, uh, I have to, it, it gets confusing sometimes. I have to walk people, like I'll be talking to someone and I'll be, and they'll say something to me and I'll say, oh, so you probably, and I'll insert some fact that I think about them. Like, oh, so you probably like lived in Spain and the, or whatever fact. And they'll be like, yeah, how did you know? I was like, oh, well, you said, and I have to think back, like, well, how did I get there? Because like, like seven things went on in my brain about the person. Hmm. I was like, oh, that means this person probably did this. And I'll, I'll just ask them, like, oh, so did you do this? Oh, yeah, how'd you know? Oh, well, you said this, and then 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 you said that. And like everyone I know that has those six pieces also did that. So I just kind of thought maybe you did that too. And they'll be like, or like, so, okay, here's a language example. I'll talk to language learners, right? And uh, there's a certain type of, maybe you guys have seen people like this. They speak a language really, they speak fluently. And I mean fluently in the, in the, as in they speak without hesitation and confidently, right? They speak without hesitation. They speak confidently. Their speech is riddled with grammatical errors, small ones, but you still understand what they're saying, right? They understand, they're very good at, even if they don't understand you, they're still very good at replying. They don't, they didn't exactly understand what you said, but they still reply because they understood 60% and they, they assume that 60 was 100 and they reply based on that 60 being 100. And in a conversation, you probably wouldn't even notice most of the time because what they said is still relevant to what you asked. And it wasn't exactly what you asked or what you said, but it was enough to, for your brain to go. That makes sense. So these types of people, um, I'll always like, I'll always be like, oh, yes, you've never taken a language class, have you? Or like, oh, you probably hate mm. classes, right? Like there's like very, there's, there's like, it's just so, or like, oh, you've probably just, did you just like learn with friends? Did you like travel yeah. to Mexico? Immersion. Were you in Mexico? Were you, totally, were you immersed? Yeah. Like that, that's an indication of someone who learned in some kind of immersive format or some kind of just talking to people, nothing, very little or minimal form, any kind of formal study, whether it's classes, yeah. textbooks, apps, like they didn't really do anything formal. They just sort of went and learned. And they'll, they'll be like, yeah. And they always ask me like, oh, yeah, yeah. I actually spent six weeks in Mexico. And then I married this one lady. And then we got divorced. And then now I'm getting back to it. It's like, right. And like, how did you know? It's like, well, it's just the way you talk. Like everyone who talks like you has that pattern. Yeah. So that's, that's like, that's it's awesome. a form of, it's not really clairvoyance, I guess. Clairvoyance is seeing into the future, but. Um, no, it's button recognition. But also, I think these things are i think the difference between clairvoyance and that is like the level of awareness that you have about it like if you can logically explain to yourself like for example you can logically explain to yourself well this this and that will happen you can freak them out by the way also by the fact that they have tried or have mastered the musical instrument i can tell you that much <laughs> people who have um or they have musical hearing somehow people who learn by immersion they are potentially also like have the musical hearing developed like that's why i usually would say oh do you play an instrument it's like oh yeah why it's like well because oh. you, you well maybe not exactly what you're describing but i can tell a musician by the way they talk in a foreign language for sure interesting and that's okay. mostly yeah 
and yeah, that's how. But also about clairvoyance and stuff like that, I think that it goes a little bit beyond because you would then make a subconscious decision of letting go of every logical pattern that you have and let the subconscious maybe use the same logical pattern, honestly, but let the subconscious without your intervention to do that for you, essentially. So maybe it works quicker. I guess I? so, but I, I, some, I, I agree in disagree because sometimes all that is, is if you subcon, if you, if you let your intuition guide it, it, all it means is that you just didn't notice, yeah, what, what made, what led you to decide. So, for example, like I met this one guy when I was traveling once, and all the alarm bells rang off, and I didn't trust him at all, and I actually left. I was like, I'm, I don't want to be. I left the event I was at. I was at an event. I was like, I was like, there's a guy there, and his, everything about him will rub me the wrong way, and I left. I didn't know why. And it took me hours, approximately, I don't know, it took me a while after to think back and be like, so what was it about it? And then I could piece together the different elements. But in the moment, it was just like, this, this, something yeah. off. And when I left, it's like, oh, this was off. This was off. He did this. He did this. Oh, so because he did this, 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 right. That means probably like this, because that reminds me of this guy that I know was like that. Who I also knew this person. And these eight people had all those traits like I can piece it together after, but in the moment, your intuition just goes, oh, I don't know, this is off. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's, it's about like listening to it though. Because mm -hmm. some people struggle with not listening to this sort of a feeling and not allowing to, because I don't know, people who have this like alarm, alarm setting off and everything like that, and then still not pay attention to it. They think, oh, it's just like, am I, am, I'm imagining things. So... I but guess. often you are like as often that those intuitions are tr are very trickable they're hmm. very very like intuition is trained often uh it's often hmm. trained through experience and pattern recognition uh, in my experience anyway where you've seen something enough times where your intuition is trained to see if something's off or it can be tricked in the sense that something either doesn't look off your intuition says this is right or your intuition says this is wrong and your intuition is actually way off. So a great example of this would be um, um, there's certain um, like there's certain if you want there's certain things I know I can do that'll make someone buy something that make it very likely to buy something, and it can be very manipulative to be honest. Like there are things. Like if it's, it's right on the, it depends on what direction you take it in. Like, like I'll give you an example that's non-manipulative and I'll give you an example that, um, well, I don't know if it's manipulative. Let me think. What am well, I trying to say? all sales are to an extent manipulative, well, I guess. Well, yeah, but there's like, hang on, let me, let me try and, like, let me try and articulate this more clearly. So, um, like, oh, this is really hard to explain, but um oh okay like oh this is i've never tried to explain okay let me let me give this a try i might be a little bit inarticulate but i'll try i'll give it a try so um if you tell um okay let's talk about the ethical side first let's talk about ethical things that are there's nothing wrong with it but they're just psychological and then we can go to unethical later because they're separate so ethical side of thing is more like persuasion and understanding human behavior and things like that so if i tell you let's say me i i know i have two options i'm running through pricing wise in my head and i know i tell someone you can have 
um, a free trial, or let's say it's like you can have a free trial class and then you pay, right? Someone goes, great, that makes sense. They have a free trial and they pay. That's one way to phrase it. Another way to phrase it is, hey, you, uh, you actually, so you pay upfront, but there's a 30 day money back guarantee, right? Or there's a, or even better, you can say, actually, here's a better way to look at it. Sorry, let's say you get two free, you get two free classes before you pay, or you pay up front, there's a 14 day money back guarantee. Why 14? Because that's the same, let's assume they do one class a week, 14 days will be two classes. The same thing positioned very differently. Hmm. Um, and you could probably get someone to, I've never actually tried this in particular, it just came into my now, but you could probably get someone to pay up front because they know they have a money back guarantee. And you'll get more people that don't, like, you'll get some people that claim it, that claim the money back guarantee, but you'll land more sales by doing that than by giving a two hmm. free trial class type thing. Like, do you see, you might actually never actually tried that as a specific experiment, but that's, a, that's, that's an example. It's two positionings or another yeah, example is like something I'm likely going to do. I, I got the idea today and I, I'm 80% I'm sure I'm going to run with this is, um, and this is one of my marketing strategies for the business actually, is I will just, I just give people stuff for free with no expectation of return, knowing that it gets people to give me stuff back. I just know it does. Not everyone does. And I don't care. It honestly doesn't. So the promotion, I was like, one thing I was thinking is like, okay, I could give free classes, this free stuff and give, but why not give the thing that all language learners want? Because what a significant percentage of people learning a language want is a free subscription, free premium subscription to an app. They all use apps and a lot of them use the free version. And if I said, Hey, um, uh, Hey, who wants like three months of free Duolingo premium, no strings attached. I'll give you two free classes with me or with an instructor and three months of Duolingo premium. I don't know if it's three months. I'm just thinking maybe it's two months, maybe three, maybe one, but a certain number of months ever. And it's like, yeah, I'm just doing something to be nice. And it's absolutely true because I am just doing it to be nice. I do not care. If you purchase something for me, if you give any, I, I do not have any expectation for return. But I also know that because I did that with the people that took the classes with me, a percentage of them, a, a pretty high percentage of them, as I do those free classes with them, there's going to be something we find that they're going to be like, hey, can we actually work on that through classes? Hmm. And they're going to pay. Or I can be like, hey, I really appreciated, um, or I might say, hey, like, thanks so much for your time. Um, you're not taking more classes. That's totally cool. No worries. Would you mind giving me a five-star Google review and little write a little review of the classes? And most of them say yes. Hey, do you happen to know anyone that might be interested in taking classes? Because, and this is where I think you can get into manipulation. I think I'm trying to, this is, I'm, I'm finding the right words as I'm talking through this. I think this is where you can get into manipulation. When you understand a concept such as social capital. So here's an example. Uh, if I give you a, if I give you a little gift, if I do something nice for you and you appreciate it, um, humans want to re often want to reciprocate. Right? You, you understand that you can use that to manipulate someone yeah and you can use that intense intentionally you, so you can, i'm using it as a way to be like hey i'm going to give it to you i honestly i genuinely don't like if you if i gave 10 people three months of free duolingo premium two free classes and none of them gave me anything in return i'd be like well cool i just helped 10 people wonderful it's whatever but i also like i wouldn't care right mm -hmm. it wouldn't bother me in the slightest i, I wouldn't even think to actually feel good like, oh cool, cool i was able to help them out wonderful yay good high five woo right but i also know that it does come back i know it, i've done it too many times or i know it all works out it all it, it, it reciprocates they will 
and they might not reciprocate now, but in six months, I'll get the email. In 12 months, I'll get the email. Like, it, or, or if they refer someone or, or so, some, I learn something from it. It always comes back. But you can use that in a very manipulative way where, like, I'm trying to think of an example of how I might manipulate someone. You could give some, you could lie as a great example. So I could. Like there is a hidden, yeah. hidden sort of little fine print. Well, there is a fine print like... in my case. Like I'm not going to tell them and when I put the ad up that, oh, I know that you're going to give, like, I don't say that. <laughs> it is hidden. But it's not hidden. No, it's weird. It's not hidden it. as much. I mean, weird. everybody knows that, though. It's a common knowledge. It's not a common knowledge that people articulate, but it's a common feeling that people have. It's like, I don't know. I wouldn't, for example, have felt bad. Like, I don't know. It's kind of like we have, as humans, this thought that nothing comes for free. I, or maybe it's just me. I don't know. But mm -hmm. <laughs> to believe that we think that you have to somehow give back even even if it's not to the same person but like for example then they'll do like a, a good thing like i don't know as long as you don't i, I don't know how to it's really difficult to articulate but case like to long story short i don't think it's um, unethical or manipulative as long as you do give what you've promised like you promise as much you promise I'm going to give you whatever the free classes and I'm going to give you that. And you provide with that. There is no obligation beyond that that you have morally or ethically, at least in my books. Because if you treat them as an... Maybe you, you agree with me, but to me it's like to deliver what has been promised. And yeah. that's where the ethical class yeah. comes. I think you're right. There's got to be hidden agendas. Like here's something that would be unethical, but I could do. So let's say... Let's say if, if you secretly then make sure that they can't cancel the subscription for the equal amount of months, uh, months, and you are I don't know partake you are actually a duolingo agent, and this way yeah. they yeah. have to, and yeah, I, but that would actually ruin not ruin your business. I'm a bit dramatic, but that being unethical, at least in my brain, <laughs> yet again. Then we see Amazon and stuff, but we spoke about it the other day. I don't think it, it's good. It's a good business model because if that was happening, obviously people would talk, and obviously nobody would then trust any offers that you've ever put. In a sense that, like, okay, well, uh, so the fine print is that you can't cancel that, for example, and people ended up losing whatever the money for the subscription for the upcoming or whatever month then these people write a review or they talk to the technical support because they want to still cancel it and everything like that and uh, you get in trouble with Duolingo for doing this blah, 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 and this like that. So really, there is no point in playing anyone because you'll play yourself, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, but here's what here's what would be, here's, here's, like, here's like an interesting way that would be um, malevolent or, I mean, uh, not malevolent, but not, not unethical maybe. So let's say the exact same scenario just spit out, hey, you get three months free Duolingo, you get um, two free classes. But let's say, um, but let's say that um, some company had paid me to do that. Like they're paying me for it because they want the user data. Ugh. Right. And they're paying me because they, and I'm like, I have a secret agreement to give the user data over. Yeah. 
like that would be because like you got everything you wanted you got your thing and and, and yeah. behind the scenes and maybe like they're like hey we want no one would really want this but let's if it's a different industry they would no one would, i don't think people would pay for like language learners data they wouldn't really that's not what they would do like i'm not in an industry where that's i'm like in a high i'm gonna be targeted for something like that but if i was in a different industry like if i was in i don't know what industry but some other industry um and like there's a similar type of promotion right and i'm funded by someone to do it and then you still got everything you want and i still got like that that would be like there's there's an example of how you use that human social capital concept and you use it in a way where it's um manipulative because you have hidden there's some that's not completely cards on the table yeah it's kind of like i heard this really great thing um so actually this is oh yeah i'm finding the words now i think this is what it is it's something like this anyway um there's a there's an author whose name is Jordan Peterson and he has a this book called 12 rules for life one of them is tell the but this 12 rules for life but he, it came from 42 rules he initially had and he kind of narrowed it down um cuz 42 is a lot but <laughs> but um one of the rules is tell the truth or at least don't lie because hmm. you don't always know what the truth is it's really hard to find the words sometimes but you can at least not intentionally lie but then he has another kind of related rule that got cut out which was um uh live in such a way so you can tell the truth about every uh, everything you do so if every everything were to come out you're like well yeah i don't like maybe it's a little bit embarrassing or i don't like that but you're like well yep that's what i did so you live in such a way where you could tell the truth about everything you did and that's not a perfect it's not a perfect counterbalance because some people might be like well I don't care if they find out. I'm just gonna. I'm in. I'm in it for me, and I'm gonna take the money and blah blah blah. This, that, the other thing, and it's not a perfect counterbalance, but it's a pretty damn good one because I bet you a lot of those people that are doing stuff in the shadows, like they don't, they wouldn't want people to just know, like everyone to know, like they probably. A no, lot and of them also, probably wouldn't, right? we're entering the time where um, reputation is the greatest capital that you can ever have. It used to be like that before, but it's now even more so because like cancellation, culture, la la, I don't know what. But essentially, if you ruin your reputation as a businessman, you can have been as rich as you may be. I don't know. Um, you can be literal royalty. I'm not going to reference the specific person I'm talking about it, but everybody knows who is <laughs> But you can be literal royalty and someone something comes up and you can fall from grace because you have done something really bad and uh, moral of the story is like just don't do bad things <laughs> just maybe try to avoid behaving badly and yeah like it's into very interesting moral quandaries like there's someone in, in particular i followed for a while who i think is a fascinating character his name is andrew bustamante or bustamante right he's a He's an ex-CIA operative and he has like a podcast and such where he talks about things that he learned as a CIA operative that apply to day-to-day -day life or particularly for people that are uh, CE, like in, particularly in business, but not only business. Um, and he talks about some, something, some stuff he talks about is just like, oh, so here's a great example of like manipulation um, where you, under, so you can understand like human nature and you can take it in one of two ways. So here's a really great example. Um, and I remember it, like really messed with my head when I learned it. I was like, oh boy, I think we're going to talk about this once before. Um, so every, every single person has three lives. We have a public, private, and secret. Public mm -hmm. is public, 
private is only your close friends, family, right? Secret is only you. No one knows about you and you wouldn't dare tell people. And the secret life is often where your shame will live because you're so ashamed. You would never, you would never say it out loud to anyone. And what the CIA is trained, apparently what their operatives are trained to do, one of the main thing, one main thing they'll do is they're trained to get into someone's secret life. Because when they, when you're, if you share with me a secret life secret, quote unquote, to get national secrets about nuclear codes or whatever, they actually don't care as much because that's actually more in their public life. Their work is their public life. So as soon as someone shares a secret life stuff with you, they're much more likely and very willing to share other things. So they shared with you something that was like super, super deep. And so they're, they're trained to create a synthetic fake relationship with someone that um, lets the other person open up and tell them everything. Right. And they're trained to do it relatively quickly, apparently said within 30 to 180 hours of, in, of oh, time wow. with the person, which is like nothing. So they're trained to do it quite quickly. And so they're trained how to um, make people open up like, Oh, this person likes that. This is their, their worldview this is this they're trained how to like they do research on the person so when they or when they orchestrate the relationship and they create the synthetic relationship you're told how to act how to behave and then you you know all this training goes behind it in order to get national secrets so there's that concept of like that private se private public private secret there's that concept of lives right and listen you can take that in a cia type direction which is Mm -hmm. I don't know, morally ambiguous. You can decide if that's good or bad. You can decide, I don't know where that falls, but but you can also take it in directions like, I'm going to use that as a tool to then get sex because I know that if I can do hmm. this as a tool to make this girl like me, I can go get a one night stand and let her go and like you could do that. And that's like, I guess, morally bad because you betrayed the person. You could use it in a positive way. You could say like, I, wanna, under, I understand this concept because I want to have a meaningful, long lasting relationship. And what that means is, I understand the stuff that's public for the, my partner or my potential partner, the stuff that's private and the stuff that's like super secret. And hopefully I can true. build enough trust that she he mm -hmm. or she tells me the thing is a secret and vice versa. I can tell him or her stuff that's secret. And then we'll have the strongest because apparently people don't, according to Andrew, people don't, they'll let in may, maybe one person in their whole life, if not nobody in their secret life. So if that mm -hmm. person is your spouse and you do that with each other and you're able to build enough trust to do that, you've got this incredibly tight bond with the person. And that's and that sounds more positive, right? So you take that human nature and you can do lots with it, I suppose, right? But it's also true then, because if you genuinely do it from the position of love, for example, even if you, because I don't know, I, I think it is impossible to, it is impossible for you to be orchestrating those things if you have a, a a genuine something like a genuine intention in mind, I think, but it's also impossible not to then feel genuine and true connection and love to the person, and then you're not using it anymore because you are genuinely trying to get into their secret lives, but because they're meta, it's not like you can't do both. I think you can't be both manipulative and truthful. Like it kind of they cancel each other out. It's like one or the other. Yeah, I guess so. But that yeah, you can't. Because it's you impossible. Can't be both. I think, like, you, you can't can be, be pretty damn. From what I understand, <laughs> anyway, you can be pretty like. So here's another dastardly uh, thing that like completely fucked with my head. To be honest with you, so we told like when they make their cover stories in CIA, like it's a lot of stuff that like really blew my mind. Is like oh god, like that's. I just blew my mind. So when you lie, when they're trained to lie, when they create their cover stories, they're only 5% off the truth. They're super close. They're really mm. damn close to the truth. So instead of say 32, you're 34. Instead of from um, this city in Russia, you're one town over. Instead of uh, 
uh, whatever. Instead of you being a teacher at this company, you are a um, tr head of training at this other company. Like you just you just tweak everything a tiny bit. So you're pretty damn close. Like you're basically <laughs> being genuine and you're, you've just changed a couple small things. But when you change a couple, it's like when a ship goes, well, the way he explains it, when a ship goes five degrees off, by the time someone catches up to your lies, they don't know what was true and what was a lie among everything you said. And that's like dastardly because someone, like if you're only a few degrees off, oh my God, like that. You could meet, I could see someone maintaining that for a longer period of time. Um, and now, of course, you might become you, that in a sense. Right? So, yeah, no, 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 it, it is because I, you will eventually, eventually I hate to become cut you off. I just have to, I no, have no, my class no starts. I'm really sorry. I have my class starts in, in a couple of minutes. We should but... pick it up where we left on next time. Yeah. So, anyway, there's that. <laughs> That's today's episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'll stop the recording. <laughs>